Holly G with the Golf Insiders, one of the most, maybe the most exciting weeks in golf, especially this week. We are talking about the 150th Open Championship happening at the home of golf, the old course at St. Andrews, and it's my pleasure to have one of our big dogs, the big dog, Damon Hack from the Golf Channel, joining us live from the beautiful links of St. Andrews. Hello, my friend. Holly G., it's great to be with you. Um, I first came here 22 years ago, uh, and it never gets old. I think for the golf fan to be at the old course, especially this year, it's like being dipped in magic waters is... Uh, uh, James Earl Jones said uh, the they great Kevin Costner uh, movie uh, about baseball. It, it just, uh, if you love golf, this is where you want to be, and uh, no better place to be than the old course of St. Andrews for the 150th Open Championship. Well, we have a lot to talk about, but let's start with the masterpiece itself, the golf course. I keep hearing, as I've been listening today, fast, firm, Windy there today, but it looks like the conditions, the weather's going to be friendlier for the players over the next few days, and and Mother Nature uh, may may give these players a little pass on the normal Open Championship weather. Yeah, it seems like they're going to have a pretty consistent wind um, off of the first tee, kind of a left-to-right wind going out in more of a, a right-to-left wind coming home. But you're right, the weather has been fantastic here. Really, over the last five or six days, the locals have said leading up to this great championship, you know, temperatures in the upper 70s, today in the upper 60s, forecast for tomorrow, uh, 68 degrees. There's only a 17% chance of rain. Wind will be 10 to 20, which is not bad for uh, an open championship where we know we can get up to 30, 40 mile per hour so I, I've been talking to some players and it's interesting Lee Trevino of course won in 1971 and 72 said that with the good conditions some of the players may be tempted to try to drive some greens and they may bring in some risk with that aggressive play so there's kind of two tracks right now two kind of trains of thought one is that yeah the players will be very very aggressive because they can drive some of the short par fours but with that comes maybe a chance to find the odd bunker here or there or the gorse bush. So it'll be kind of a kind of a test of both patience and aggression. You know, how do you kind of walk that line of being kind of risky and careless? So um, I talked to Ross Fisher, who has the course record here at 61. He told me he thinks that 59 is possible if the wind really lays down. But, but as you know, major championship pressure, uh, this is a, a really baked-out golf course right now. And I tell you what, we're going to see a lot of those great bounces and bad bounces and balls that roll for 50 yards and more when they land. It's going to be a lot of fun. The course is playing uh, par 72, 7,300 yards short by today's standards. But uh, the Golden Bear said Monday, the old course is far from obsolete and that it will produce a good champion. Oh, I think so. These players have so much reverence and respect for the design, the architecture, the history here. 
uh, they feel that this open especially is as special and elevated and hallowed and respected as any major they've ever played in. And the players are positively giddy this week. I, I've talked to the world number one, Scotty Scheffler. I've talked to John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Tiger Woods. And to a man, they feel that it's not just about this being a major. It's the oldest major at St. Andrews in the 150th playing. So just add all those components together, and there is so much just appreciation for being in this field with a chance to be the man standing with the Claire Judd on Sunday night. So I think there'll be some nervous moments and some tension on the weekend because they know that this particular championship this year brings an extra amount of history and intrigue. And and the guy that appreciates that more than most in today's game is Tiger Woods. I think now... Damon, we understand after the Masters when he committed to playing at the Open here in St. Andrews. Uh, nobody more than Tiger appreciating the history, and as we heard in his press conferences earlier in the week, his, his respect for everything that is St. Andrews and the Open Championship. Sh- share your thoughts on Tiger. This is the one he wanted to. This is the one he wanted to come back for. Uh, he uh, corrected a reporter who asked him, oh, this is like one of your favorite courses, right? He goes, no, this is my favorite course in the world, which I thought was kind of a funny moment during his press conference. He wanted to leave, no doubt, that he loves this place more than any other in this game. But I asked him about that. He said in 95 when he was an amateur, uh, he played Carnoustie and the old course in back-to-back weeks and just immediately fell in love with the quirks and nuances of this particular brand of golf, that the wind uh, can play such a factor. and You could play nine holes into the wind uh, and then nine coming back. Uh, he said he played his first links round of golf. He had nine going out in the wind, and then the wind switched, and he had nine into the wind coming home. Right. So he just kind of loved the, the really tough questions that these golf courses ask of players, but particularly the old course at St. Andrews liked it from the moment that he saw it. Of course, one by eight here in 2000, by five in 2005. So uh, he feels that his history in this game is most meaningful here. And that's why he put his body back together. And he was very happy to be at Augusta National and pleased to be at Southern Hills. But there is a deep, reservoir of love and soulful appreciation that Tiger feels about this place in particular and that's why he's been so so positive and happy and spending a, a lot of time on the golf course to play 58 holes uh, between Saturday and Tuesday kind of walking on Saturday 18 holes with a wedge and putter with Justin Thomas and 18 more holes with full clubs in his bag on Sunday he played nine more on Monday, plus four uh, with the celebration of champions, and then nine more on Tuesday. And just practiced today at the old course, but he has spent a lot of time here, much more than he did in the run-up to uh, the Masters and the PGA. Well, not that we want to get uh, too ahead of our skis on this one, Damon, but it would seem that the pure elements, uh, the way things are shaping up, uh, and the nature of St. Andrews, that 
this could really put Tiger in the mix, potentially, on Sunday. There are so many different players that could be on this leaderboard, including, of course, you know, because of the fast firm fairways, it'll bring some of the shorter hitters in. I, I even uh, might bet a little money on somebody like a Zach Johnson or Padraig Harrington or Henrik Stenson, some of these guys that just play great at the Open and could uh, be in the mix. I, I kind of, one of my questions, Tiger, I said, no one in this field has your resume, and no one in this field has your resume here at the old course. And how powerful that, that feel for him, knowing that particular angles uh, into these greens and, and the importance of distance control and flighting your ball. I mean, this is the guy uh, in our era of professional golf who has done that better than anyone who played chess, uh, which is really what these guys have to do around here. Yes, length is always going to be appreciated and a, a plus for these guys, but it can also get them into trouble. You can downship. We know Tiger famously didn't find a bump to 2,000 on the way to winning by eight. He can play, um, you know, with a downshift approach by hitting irons as he did at Hoylake in 2006. So for most of his career, he's been playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. And I have to think that his knowledge and comfort would be a huge asset this week as we get things kicking off on Thursday morning. So many storylines, as always, when uh, we hit the major championships. And if we look at uh, you know a tick list of the players who are coming in with their games in A-plus form, Damon, it's, it's a bunch. I mean, you look at Rory, you look at... Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick coming off the U.S. Open win. You look at Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley coming off his win at Scotland. It, it, the list goes on and on. Uh, who are you? Who are you looking at? Yeah, I love it. I yesterday. I asked him about his confidence level. He said he's as confident as he's been in a long time. All facets of his game, he said, are in working order. And especially the putter, he said he's really, really feeling good with the plastic and says that with that comfort, he knows he can you know, make a mistake now and then and, and knows that the putter can actually bail him out and get him out of trouble. When you have faith and belief in your putter, takes pressure off the rest of his game. Two wins already this season in Vegas at the CJ Cup. And, of course, that big win at the RBC Canadian Open about a month ago. So he comes in in really fine form, knows he hasn't won a major since 2014 and has wearied of that storyline. But I tell you what, in terms of someone who already has a Claret Jug won eight years ago and coming in on fine form, uh, Roy McIlroy has become really one of the voices of the game inside and outside the ropes. Uh, all things seem to be a working order for the four-time major champion. Speaking of voices in the game, uh, as is typical at the majors, on Wednesday uh, we hear the state of, uh, whether it's the PGA of America, the USGA, and earlier it was Martin Slumbers, the CEO of the RNA, coming down pretty clear and sternly his, about his feelings on the live golf model. Martin Slumbers, the chief executive of the RNA, really leaving no doubt as to how he views this upstart live golf series. Um, he views it as not pure 
golf competition where scores and paychecks are earned over 72 holes of elite competition, really kind of taking a page out of Tiger Woods' comments this week and Rory McIlroy in recent months and Justin Thomas and John Rahm and kind of following the a similar tack of Mike Wan, the CEO of the USDA, saying, you know, this year live golf series players being allowed to play, but also leaving open the possibility of 2023 that maybe qualification will be a little bit different. But I, the, the crux of his talk today was that the, the fracturing of the professional game at the highest level uh, does no one any good. That's the message that I received. And and Tiger was uh, very clear as well. He, when asked about it, he said, I disagree with it regarding the player's decision to go to live. He said, I think what they've done is they've turned their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. And he went on to say, regarding, you know, the guaranteed money, what is the incentive to practice? What is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt? As we know, he has done over and over. And when you look at what it's taken Tiger in terms of just the, the rehab, the pain, the just practicing, the, the, le- the least and the most that he can do now, the icing, all of it, uh, to play in this championship on these hallowed grounds, he really is the guy that can point the finger at those guys. Oh, he is. He really, you know, in bringing up the, the likes of Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and the way that this game has been played and the way that he grew up and digging it out of the dirt and earning, you know, your paycheck based on how you play and how much you win. And then that's when the money rolls in by dint of work and dint of, you know, climbing the ranks in the record books and doing what he and others have done. And it was a very clear, I think, clarion call, not just to the the modern players, but young players that are maybe coming out of college and having decisions to make and, and, and players that are even younger in high school and wanting to kind of keep that through line between the 1950s and 60s and and today and how he was raised and brought up about winning and playing well and earning it, you know, and golf being a meritocracy. So some very strong statements from some very high-level people in this game. And speaking of history, the Golden Bear, Jack Nicklaus, received an honorary citizenship to St. Andrews in a special ceremony this week, Damon. The Golden Bear was quite emotional. Oh, it's been a beautiful week for for the Golden Bear. I saw him at the Celebration of Champions, asked him if he was going to play, and he says, oh, I'm hitting it terrible. Which you always (laughs) so self-deprecating for an 18-time major champ. But you're right, granted that honorary citizenship at St. Andrews, joining Ben Franklin and Bobby Jones. So now three Americans have been given that distinction. Uh, he was moved. He was touched. Uh, it's been so neat to see him in town this week and, and you know, talking to Lee Trevino and, and Tom Watson and putting on the red robe as he did and having his wife, Barbara, who's been, you know, riding shotgun with him all of these years. It's been wonderful to see him appreciated and celebrated in the course of two-time winner here, two of his three-player drugs here at the old course 
at St. Andrews. And that's that through line again of history that's so important this week and, and so rich. And, and it was why uh, Martin Slumbers wanted the focus on Jack and Tiger and St. Andrews and the history of this game and wanted to keep any and all distractions to a minimum. Well, I saw some interesting footage and commentary earlier on Golf Channel how Jack on the 18th tee hit his drive over the green when he won and beat Doug Sanders purely as a strategic play rather than leaving it short, Damon, and having to hit it over that valley of sin because he knew coming from the back of the green he'd be chipping into the wind and could control the next shot. Now that's what I call a thinking man's game. Oh, I love that anecdote. And, and just to, to build on that, I, I bumped into Tom Watson with his new bride, Leslie Ann Wade. Um, they were behind the 18th green, and this was after the celebration of champions. Uh, and I said, uh, yeah, Tom, you know, what are your thoughts on this, this golf course, this risk-reward, and, and, and Jack Nicklaus and, and, and everything he accomplished here? And he said, Damon, he said, Jack Nicklaus is not just the greatest golfer, but the greatest risk-reward golfer of all time. And I've never heard anyone describe him in that way. And then he talked about how not just the mental strength, but the strategic mind that he had. He said, Jack just never made the big mistake. He, he outthought us. Yes, he had the talent to hit the ball a long way and hit it high, but he just so rarely if ever put himself out of position. And I just loved Tom's view of that, that yes, not just the, the 73 PJ Tour wins and the 18 majors, but how they come across, not just with brawn and might uh, and strength, but with strategy and, and knowing when to put the foot down on the gas and knowing when to let the foot off the pedal. And, and no better place where a golfer is challenged with places to be tempted and places to be tempered than here at the old course at St. Andrews. Absolutely, and the Open, the 150th Open Championship was pushed back or pushed ahead due to COVID, and I really can't think of a, a, a more magical time to be celebrating all this history in the 150th Open Championship, given the disruptive climate that's been going on the last couple of months, Damon. Yeah, it's a wonderful uh, antidote and a wonderful return of serve uh, in a game that, that needs some some smiles and needs some warmth and some appreciation of history. And to see all of these great champions, winners of the oldest championship in golf, come together uh, to, to have a champion's dinner out of the only at St. Andrews uh, for the Open Championship. Obviously, Augusta is every year, but they only do the champion's dinner here um, at, at St. Andrews. They don't do it at the other stops in the Rota. And, and just with all of the calamity going on around the game and questions about fracturing at the highest level, to see Tiger and Jack standing on the Swilkin Bridge with 18 majors plus 15 equals 33 between them, powerful, powerful stuff. And I do think that at the end of the day, the, the majesty of this golf course and the reverence that the players have for it will win the day and hopefully be a storyline that can carry us 
forward in a positive way for some time. I'm one of those that will be up in the wee hours of the morning, Damon. No DVRing for this woman. I will be watching every second of it and uh, share with my listeners how they can follow it on uh, NBC and Golf Channel. Yeah, wall-to-wall coverage. We've got Peacock streaming. We've got NBC coverage. In fact, tomorrow... At 9.58 a.m. Thursday, I'm going to be part of the speaker group coverage uh, on Peacock. I've got the Rory McIlroy, Xander Sopoli, Colin Morikawa group. So I'm doing that Thursday morning, round one. What a great group I get to, to follow and, and call. So, yeah, you know, NBC and, and Peacock will be carrying the bulk of the coverage of the 150th Open, and we could not be more excited. Well, give me that crystal ball, Damon. Who do you see hoisting the claret jug on Sunday? Going with Colin Morikawa. I think he's one of those young players at 25 who has shown an ability to adapt to golf courses that he's not that familiar with, including last year winning at uh, St. George's, Sandwich, Royal St. George's. I think he joins the likes of, of Tiger Woods, 05, 06, uh, Patrick Harrington. 07-08 as back-to-back Open Champions. Love it. And um, I'm going to also keep my fingers and my toes crossed for a Cinderella story. Tiger lifting that trophy on Sunday. Wouldn't that be magical? I have no argument with that. <laughs> I tell you, uh, the game of golf uh, would definitely benefit from Tiger adding major championship number 16 and Clara Judge number 4. As always, Damon, we appreciate your time. We'll be listening all week and weekend live from the Open Championship on the Golf Channel and complete coverage on NBC. Thank you so much for spending some time with the Golf Insiders. Thanks so much, Holly G. Enjoy this fantastic championship.